Welcome. My name is Lee Maxey. I'm the CEO here at MindMax. And we do a series of podcasts we call Mind Maxing. And this series is called Reflections and Repositioning. And if you're wondering how higher education is dealing with the global pandemic and their positioning for the future, this podcast is for you. We'll be speaking with some very interesting and smart people who are deans and directors at some of the leading institutions in the United States, hearing about their reflections and how their institutions or how they see higher ed as a whole repositioning itself for the future. So please join me as we hear from one of our interesting guests. Delighted to be here with David Schabel, who is the president of Excelsior College and someone who I've admired and enjoyed listening speak many, many times over the last eight or 10 years. Uh, I've followed David's career as he's moved to really interesting institutions from uh, the University of Wisconsin system to Marquette, and now he is president at Excelsior College. Uh, who I believe is is pivoting uh, well and, and positioned very well to actually take advantage of, in a positive way, of the new environment that we see ourselves in. So I'd like to start off with David. This has been quite a year. This was a big year for you anyway, moving to a new new role as a president of a college, uh, but coupled with, with a global pandemic and many other things, but love to hear some of your reflections uh, from this past year. Well, thanks, Lee, and, th and thank you for inviting me to do this. It's great to see you and, and uh, always good to chat. Um, so, you know, I, one of my observations from this last year, and I, I, I noticed this um, shortly after everybody went to remote learning, and it's just been reinforced, is how important the academic experiences, emphasis on experience for many students, which goes far beyond just learning stuff. And um, I think in many ways, higher education in this country has lost its way over the past couple of decades because we've gone from talking about the social value and the benefit of higher education and how we help improve people's lives and how we help um, uh, uh, support the country broadly to conversations now about just jobs. It's job training. And we've reduced a lot of higher education to just a conversation about job training. And in my view, that, that just isn't what it's about. Um, if we look at the truly nationally transformative impact that higher education had as a result of the GI Bill, for example, we need to resume conversations like that about the future of this country and how higher education can help it. Now, no institution can do that on its own, and I'm certainly not Pollyannish enough to think that Excelsior can do it, but what we can do is we can really focus on helping to create holistic learning experiences for our students. So we know what that looks like for an 18-year-old, right? It's a college campus, it's dorms, it's drinking on Thursday nights, it's going to classes and hanging out with, with buddies. So what's it like for a 35-year-old? Um, I think it's, it's uh, authentic, meaningful conversations. It's talking about um, jobs 
as one piece of the learning experience. It's also talking about personal growth. It's talking about increasing meaning. It's talking about connection with family and communities and engagement in the society in which people live and what that means. And it's talking about making a real difference in um, in, in combating some of the, the national and global challenges that people are worrying about, whether it's social justice, whether it's um, climate change, whether it is um, the general decline of the economy, whatever it may be, but really having conversations on that scale rather than what training do I need to get to the next gig? So that's my spiel. I, I find that very interesting because I've often thought of, uh, and I've heard this, at Columbia had a, a conference they did a couple years ago talking about how higher ed has sort of skated by on, you know, we're here for the greater good and that's why we're nonprofit and, and therefore we should be treated differently from a tax standpoint or, you know, and, and that, that sort of cloak of, of existing for the greater good, um, which is bigger than just job skills training. Um, but the other, other, thing I've been aware of for the last four years plus or so is one of our greatest exports (laughs) internationally is our higher ed quality uh, and the quality of that experience. And as someone who's done a lot of international recruiting, the international market has not been particularly interested in online delivery of education, despite it being good the real value proposition for an international student is coming to the United States and being, maybe it's not drinking on Thursday, but being in that campus and being in America and and so forth. And so um, I'd be interested in in your thoughts as you're you're seeing COVID impacting all of us. You know, how do you see that international uh, value proposition uh, because you guys do deliver online and and do you see that increasing or do you see a potential ability to connect with that international student? Well, I do, but but I agree with you 100%. I think um, for international students, it's the American experience, right? It's it's not just the college experience; it's the American experience, and that it, it's very difficult to get that online. Um, now, um, we, we have um, a couple of things going for us right now in terms of attracting international students. One is that hopefully we are uh, starting to see the end of the road for the pandemic. So uh, let's imagine that a year from now, um, international travel will have resumed uh, fairly robustly and um, and students will be able to travel uh, uh, unrestricted back and forth. The other is the political side where uh, hopefully we will start to reach uh, more friendliness towards international students and uh, they will be more encouraged to spend time in the US. Now, with that said, I do think that there are opportunities for hybrid experiences with students, uh, just like there are uh, ex- opportunities for our students when they travel abroad for hybrid experiences. So um, yes, many international students wanna come and study for four years in the US, but many can't do that. They can come for a semester 
or they can come for a year and then they have to finish the rest in their home countries. Just like our students study abroad for a semester or a year. And for many of them, uh, being able to access education uh, online can help provide a certain amount of continuity uh, that they otherwise couldn't have. And so I think if we think of, again, the, the online environment as a piece of the broader educational environment and as a tool to help reach students and to educate them and to keep them engaged and connected, um, then we can start to think of a more holistic experience. Great. Well, we've been at this uh, pandemic now for almost a year, and and uh, I'm sure Excelsior has thought through many different scenarios. And, and I'd be interested to hear what your short-term plans are uh, after having learned as much as you've learned in the last, last year. So what, what are you doing in the short term, or what are you going to be doing in the short term um, as you've adjusted? Well, so for us, we're not, we're not really focusing on the pandemic. We're focusing on where we think the country's going and where uh, students' needs are going to be greatest. And, and there, again, I don't think it's about higher education navel-gazing. I think it's really got to be looking externally outside of higher education to bigger issues. So, uh, so I think the, the issues surrounding social justice are huge. The issues surrounding climate change are huge. Um, the issues uh, uh, surrounding uh, the, the changing nature of work are huge. And, um, and, and so, and, and they're systemic, right? So, so when we talk about social justice, for example, a piece of it is, is systemic racism, but that's only one piece. Systemic poverty is another. Um, food security is another. At the global level, water security is huge. Um, so these are all issues that uh, we think our students need to understand. They don't have, have to be experts in this, but I would hate to graduate an MBA student without having some sense of these huge systemic issues that will impact every single person on this planet for the long term, and certainly in this country for the near term. So, um, so these are things that we're worried about and that we're thinking about and that we're designing programs around. Um, we're revamping our MBA program. We're, um, we're looking at developing a sustainability management program. Uh, we're looking, uh, we're in the process of developing a risk management program that, uh, a graduate program that will actually look at risk management from a systemic perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and we're looking at, at, at developing, or we're in the process of developing a human uh, resources program with a focus on a distributed workforce um, going forward, because we think that that really is going to be the future nature of work. So, so again, these aren't, you know, these aren't internal conversations about what the college is doing and our hand wringing. These are really looking at where the society is going, where the country and the world is going and, and, um, and, and being right there. I, I see those things happening in my life, in our company's lives. Uh, you know, all I when you say that about the systemic uh, changes from a remote workforce, I've seen that with other colleagues of mine who have their businesses. Um, I think the nature of 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 work, both in the acceptance of a, a Zoom meeting and the acceptance of 
not having to travel as much is is very real these days. So let's go further out and and uh, you know crystal ball it for you know 2022 and beyond. I, I, I you're a person with big ideas and and always has been on a, in my mind on a leading edge instead of uh, a trailing edge. Uh, what are some of your thoughts about what you see in the in the future? For, for higher ed or <laughs> well, well, actually, no. I'm thinking about the stock market because I want to know. So yes, for 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 higher ed or or uh, Excelsior um, or you know if if you think the interaction between higher ed and and the greater world and greater society, I I, I actually think there's a combination there. Um, uh, there's been a lot of um, antagonism between higher ed and our con- within our country with different pockets within our country. And, and uh, uh, instead of looking at higher ed as being this really positive force, there's a large group of, of people in our country who, who treat higher ed as being a, a, a negative. And, and so maybe it is something between society and, and uh, higher ed. Well, so, so I think one of the big opportunities for um, certainly for Excelsior uh, and for a, for a lot of other schools is to um, to get over the protectionism that most institutions have uh, uh, been doing for a long time now, and to to think about meaningful partnerships. Right. So, for example, you take a school like Excelsior. We started out as a credit aggregator. Right. We were created as a as a public credit aggregator by the New York State Board of Regents to in 1971 to help bring. Um, uh, adult and non-traditional students who had some college credit but no degree to the point of being able to get a degree. And uh, traditional schools in the 70s didn't want to, didn't know what to do with students like that. They didn't want to, they didn't want them, they didn't know what to do with them. And so, uh, so New York stood up what was then called Regents College to help make sense of all the credits that these students had. Well, Regents College evolved, eventually became uh, Excelsior. And, and it went from a public institution to a private nonprofit, which is what we are today. Um, so, so here we are. Uh, we we continue that history. We're, we are very liberal in our credit aggregation. We have a very strong prior learning assessment process, and um, we uh, we are are uh, long term experts in online education. So then, you know, I've been talking to colleagues, other presidents, at, for example, at small liberal arts schools. They are great at the college experience, but they don't really know what to do with online. They don't have a lot of experience with that. And uh, they would love to attract adult students, but have no idea how to serve them. Well, th- that could be a really powerful partnership, right? Where Excelsior can help expand their market and they could help also uh, connect us to more traditional students, and we could help each other. Um, except ha- nearly half of Excelsior students are military students, current or former military students. Um, we're talking to uh, some big R1s uh, in, in figuring out how we help connect our students, for instance, to their uh, professional certificate programs and how we can create pathways from certificates to degrees. 
uh, where those are ones, those institutions won't accept their own credit for their own degrees, right? From, from their from their uh, certificates. So, so these are I think these are pathways that we can create for students. And if we can create an ecosystem that allows students to maneuver from one institution to another and to take advantage of what various schools have relative to the particular place in life that any given student has at any given time, then we're doing students a real service. You know, I, 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 we're talking to an HBCU school, for example, right? They have, um, they have students who go through, just like any other school, they have students who go through uh, different stages in their lives, even if they're in the 18 to 22 year old. Uh, Suddenly they have to drop out of school for various reasons. They run out of money or they, their parents need help or uh, they get a job or they want to travel or, you know, you name it. Right. So um, so so rather than losing those students or having those students go to, to some unaffiliated community college or another university, why not create real consortia of institutions where students can take advantage of other schools within the consortium to, to take online classes, for example, and yet finish the degree from the school where they first started, right? So I think that if, if, for, for smart schools going forward, if, if they can create some of these really useful consortia for students, that could be a tremendous asset and transformative for students. And it might help really uh, schools that are struggling right now uh, stay afloat and build uh, build their student enrollments. I think that's a really neat thought, and uh, there's a lot more in common from the different schools that we've worked with than there are things that are different. And I'm constantly struck at the artificial or very real barriers uh, that exist between sharing credits and and so forth. I think that's a. I think I would hope that if if uh, this this catalyst <clears throat> of getting people gets people to work together more, I think that would be terrific. Um, uh, and and I think the pathways that you talked about, uh, I think, are a real challenge uh, because the pathways are becoming so different. Uh, there used to be a relatively prescribed pathway. Um, and many people still have it in their paradigm that that's still the pathway. And and the general public and in, in the media talks about this pathway of 18-year-old freshmen. And that is, as we all know, not even the majority of the pathway anymore. It's actually the minority is an 18-year-old graduating in four years. That's that's a small fraction of, of what actually happens for most college, you know, and degree, uh, you know, seeking students. So, well, David, this has been been wonderful to connect. Uh, any closing thoughts or any uh, closing comments? Well, I just want to thank you for for uh, reaching out. It's it's always great to connect with you, and um, glad to have this chance. And and uh, if there are schools out there that are interested in forming partnerships, have them give me a call. Always happy to chat. Great. Well, thank you very much. And we appreciate another Mind Maxing podcast with David Schable from Excelsior College. Thank you, David. Thank you, Lee. This has been another interesting Mind Maxing podcast. Please listen to the other podcasts on this series or look for us later this summer when we release our next series of podcasts.